Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Netflix's live action adaptation of Ju- oh again I'm <laughs> of Yu Yu Hakusho. It's the juju, the Yu Yu, the juju. It's what's getting me. Um, Imagine just- a live action JJK. Again, every time they announce a new live action, I'm like, how is that going to work? And then you, you guys figure out a way. So it would be interesting for sure. Um, this is episode two. I checked. There is no episode names. So it's just episode two. I didn't forget this time again. And yeah, we're just kind of moving on. We're getting introduced now, fully introduced, maybe not fully introduced, but to these three mysterious characters that we ended episode one with. And I think this episode breaks cleanly kind of into kind of act one is Goki, act two is Karama, and then short little act three at the end is, is Hiei. So I think that's how we'll we'll base the discussion, try to take them in those huge buckets, try to cover everything we can within them, and then we'll get out of here. So I guess if anyone wants to give any opening thoughts, or if we just want to dive in. My only opening thought would be, I thought episode two was incredible. Like I'm, yeah. I think I'm right now at the point where I'm sold onto this live action and I think this is a phenomenal live action. Like I honestly might through two episodes might even enjoy this more than the one piece one, to be honest. Like I was really into episode two. So that's my only thoughts really. Definitely. I, um, it, it, it raised the bar again. I, you know, I, I, um, I was pleasantly surprised for some of the plot turns. And, um, like Dave said, I mean, I don't know if I'll go as far to say if, that um i'd enjoy i'll enjoy this more than one piece but it is really nice just experiencing the story firsthand with no background knowledge it's making me enjoy the show without the mic with uh without looking at it through the lens of like are they adapting it well enough yeah. you know and it's and it's really nice i'm not saying that you should go about anything live action uh, I, i'm not saying you should go about watching live actions that way like i definitely think you should Hard watch one Right, but I think you should watch one. Like for example, I think you should watch One Piece with an open and mind. read or read the manga if you can or whatever. But still, it's just it's just refreshing. Yeah, for sure. I definitely. Again, we'll talk about it. The just the fight choreography is just so engaging. It's like it's unbelievable. So, I'm I'm laughing because I'm looking at the first note I have is the first two words. The note says pulsating balls. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we kick off Act One, which is a uh, Goki. Goki has um this pulsating black ball which they name the rapacious orb so this kind of setting the scene for this is essentially the orb can take the souls of people and store them in there goki's little i guess let's say quirk is that he likes children's souls i guess they taste better so it's kind of a race against the clock at this point goki's going around snatching the souls of children and making them pass out and Yusuke's kind of role is to go find him and get the orb back. They get in a nice fight. So I would just say we can talk about anything up until kind of maybe the conclusion of their fight. I was just pleasantly surprised by Goki being able to have a human form. I, they didn't talk, I guess, too much about it. But at the beginning of the episode, I was definitely kind of thrown off. I was like, who is this human that's holding the orb right now? Because last we saw it was obviously at the end was the big demon looking, the actual demon looking guy picks up the orb so it was interesting seeing at the beginning of the episode that it was a human i really thought it was going to be the mr mullet guy but obviously he had a, a little bit of a bigger belly so it was not going to be him but yeah goki seemed to be at least for me as of right now of the three he's like the embodiment of pure evil of amongst the three 
is how I kind of felt with Goki's uh, introduction. Definitely. Uh, Goki's chaotic. The red hair guy is, I uh, will get into that. And then the Hie guy is mysterious. Yeah, I think he'll be, like you kind of hinted at in the last episode, I feel like he's just going to be the middle of these two characters. Like he'll be evil at first and then maybe join up with our main squad eventually. That's kind of how my mind is. That's why I'm kind of already associating Goki as the the most evil. And they even do say uh, Botan. Botan? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. She says like he's, I think she says the strongest or at least the most feared amongst humans whatever the description was. And I could definitely see it with this threat, maybe biggest threat. Yeah. I forget what the exact words were. She says he's the most dangerous, Mm -hmm. but I I think it's because of the fact that he feeds on children's souls. So I think they're thinking of the danger in that, because I guess children are obviously less capable of defending themselves against this large beast. And so we kind of get the, the tip off from the young boy that Yusuke saved in episode one. He is able to thank him in person. It seems funny to think about, more people are now accepting of the fact that he's literally been resurrected and just kind yeah. of taking it at face value. But that, yeah, that nobody not, really, neither, can, nobody yeah, even asked. Neither here, nor there. <laughs> the only case but, I'll say for the kid is he just thought that true. Yusuke was asleep. That's the only thing. Yeah. The mom obviously didn't make a big deal of it, even though she she's probably just could happy. have. Yeah. yeah. So she um, informs him. I guess technically the two of them inform that near their apartment building, kids have also been passing out. So Yusuke heads over there runs into Goki, they conveniently come upon pretty much a scrapyard and they just get after it. I mean, this just throwing punches, going through cars, breaking windows, throwing car doors. I mean, again, like I said, the, the use of the environment in the stunt choreography is just incredible. This was so captivating. I literally couldn't stop thinking about that comment you made in episode one of like the Jackie Chan resemblance to use fighting with the environment that just resonated so much as I was watching this fight. And then it was, it was great. I mean, the choreography back to back episodes has been a one absolutely zero complaints from this fight. Honestly, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time because I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of hinted in the first episode that I think that at some point Yusuke is going to die and this is going to create a weird conundrum later on in the anime. And I, like, again, I'm thinking here, like he breaks his back <laughs> almost. Um, Is he going to die right here? And so I feel like that anticipation is always in the back of my mind. And again, the, just the use of the environment has just been incredible. I love that Goki's like signature move is like to sit on the person. It seemed like he just <laughs> yeah, kept he using his ball, ass. Funny. Yeah. He kept jumping around on his ass and shit. So it was just, it was <laughs> funny. It was a good fight. Um, the and the use of the environment was very entertaining. Uh, we got a little bit before the fight. Um, use what's his name? Yusuke. Sorry, Yusuke. I just do a huge blank. Yeah, Yusuke, a little training montage with uh, with um, Koenma and uh, Botaro. Right, so that was cool. He, Botan. Botan. Botaro. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Botaro. <laughs> That's just <laughs> I don't even know that's Jotaro. Called. That's a Jotaro. Is, I think Botero. Jojo. I think it's Jojo. Is Jotaro is a character from there? Well, I just um, yeah, it was a good fight, and it happened like in the beginning of the episode, so you knew that there was a lot more to uh, unfold afterwards as well. I thought that was nice and exciting. I have a little question: Did he kill him? Like he did the finishing move. Um, but then like, they didn't really show the demon kind of like dissolve or uh, the body. So like, will he come back? I think no, but you know, I'm just curious what you guys thought. Um, 
now that you're mentioning, honestly, I didn't think anything of it. But now that you're mentioning, you're absolutely right. There was no dissolving of Goki after he was dead. I'm going to say it's only five episodes, and I really don't think the manga is that long. Again, I have no idea about Yu Yu Hakusho, the manga itself. I'm going to say no as well. Right. Yeah. Just because of, I'm just thinking of pacing purposes. I don't think so. But I guess a confirmation would have been nice. But maybe they did not confirm it for this purpose. Yeah, maybe. I liked yeah. how he pulled out, uh, he pulled the soul out of the guy's mouth, right? Or out of his hands or something. The orb was cool. Its vibrations uh, reminded me it was pretty much identical to what was carrying the boat across the yes. water in the spirit mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to like, kind of like in, yeah. in Maji with the little golden butterfly things, whatever those things are called. Like, is that um, an elemental manifestation of like the spirit, spirit yeah. you know? So um, that's just me being full on geek mode. I don't yeah. know if no, anybody was... else watches TV like that, but anyway, stuff. that was a yeah. great catch. Honestly, I'd like yeah. the comparison. And it's good that you called out to the, the training montage because we talked about it. We tiptoed around it at the end of last episode, but Yusuke's signature move, the spirit gun on full display. I Maybe not full display, but uh, yeah, at yeah. the end of this fight, obviously, it's on full display. And I guess to go back to a little bit of the training montage, we Botan also explains a little bit more about the um, the demon world, the human world. So she kind of explains that yokai can hide their spiritual energy energy which is a concept that we're familiar with obviously from just almost everything i feel like you you read or watch anime manga fantasy all that kind of stuff um the barrier itself is supposed to keep out stronger yokai and but botan doesn't know why weaker ones get in i think in terms of like common sense it it makes sense to try to focus on the strong ones and like if the weaker ones get through they're probably easier to deal with um but that seems like they're kind of potentially planting a seed there for the future and Botan just, did just a little seem, more world building Botan to me did seem like she had an inkling of an idea of why it was happening and my first thought was like you said Kyle she specifically said the barriers meant to keep out the stronger ones and so if these are considered weak ones it would make sense that they're following through but again I think she was very hesitant in her reaction and so I think there's something being hidden by her and Koenma from Yusuke for right now not that they're necessarily bad but they're just Maybe not giving him the full details because they don't want to scare him. Right. Along those lines. I think it's the mullet man, but whatever. It could, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. We haven't seen him. We didn't get him this episode. Last thing about the fight was I love the 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 part where Goki throws the car door. It like, you know, Yusuke dodges it and then he hits him with a fucking drop kick over the car. That was I love that part. Yeah. That was great. I love when they're like grappling on the ground when they're like switch yes. positions. Yes. And he has his arm and he like gets top guard too and then like slides around it. It was just like this is fucking awesome. I was literally thinking about the actor and just like how much training he probably had to do. That was definitely some jujitsu right there, a little bit the arm so, grab. It looks yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was actually so the, cool. the arm bar. Right? Yeah, the arm bar. Yes. Yeah, so I uh my favorite part of the fight was when Goki threw the door and it stuck into the SUV and Yusuke used it to propel himself up and like jump. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was that's just the environmental cool. the use of the environment is is freaking sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and not every single I like how this manga like he's human. Okay, he can use spirit energy or whatever, but he's human and he's strong and he's got to use what he has at his disposal and a lot of that is the environment. Like 
he's nimble and he's he's crafty. It's it's nice to see. It's nice to yeah. watch. It's nice that he just has like a base level competence in a fight too. We don't need yeah. to go through like a training montage of him learning how to throw a punch. Like we've met him and he's already like knows how to scrap, which is fun. Yeah. And of course it's the kid who I honestly did not expect to have like <laughs> such a big role in this this I wonder what his role going forward is gonna be. I imagine if this was like a four hundred like chapter manga, yeah. you know, the kid would grow up and have a role in this, but yeah, it's it turned out to be monkey D. Luffy. Yeah, it's just interesting seeing that he's coming back a little bit more. I just I just didn't expect it. And yeah, he does it's a nice way to pull your heartstrings, make the connection. Yeah, yeah. I imagined um that he is Kind of like you said last episode, Kyle, the kid is um, fulfilling multiple roles in the manga, and this yep. is just one of them, but right. I could be wrong. Yeah, there's definitely some changes, again, obviously, and I've, I've been reading more into the changes, and it feels like it, it's going to get to a point where it's just so different and condensed that it just kind of, obviously, there's restrictions on what they can do. I feel like so far, it's been quite the success. I've so, been loving it. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to skip. Technically, there's a couple scenes, like we get the tier of ice for the first time. We get Hiei. We'll talk about all that stuff, part of our Act 3 bucket, which is just Hiei. So moving into our Act 2 bucket, which is Kurama. So, and we get um, Kuwabara gets involved in this act, which was fun to see because he's back now playing mm -hmm. that, that bigger role that uh, we were kind of hoping for here. And this was quite, I would say, a change from, from Act 1. Goki, obviously, were immediately knock down drag out brawl and kurama i feel like we're we're kind of in like a stealth mission we're learning more information we're having heart to heart so i'm just curious if i don't i don't think you guys could have seen this coming but kind of what your reaction was to all of this kurama was watching the goki fight too let's not forget right. and what's right. interesting thinking on that is when you're first watching you know you're you're kind of i was under the assumption that he was just scouting out yusuke for you know the potential showdown that he was going to do and at the very end when yusuke is holding Masamura in his arms it's uh Kurama is still I I'm like don't say the nine-tail fox name but it is the nine-tail fox <laughs> yeah, name yeah. so um but he is watching in terms of okay Yusuke is actually a good guy and this is I think seeing that moment for Yusuke allows Kurama to trust him which is going into what they talk about later with yeah. the situation so it's just cool how when you're watching you're like okay he's just kind of scouting out the enemy and Yusuke obviously is probably assuming the same thing. He's following him for a reason. Um, just a great twist that I wasn't expecting. I mean, like you said, after the introduction of Goki, I'm just kind of expecting all three of these guys to just be monsters and yeah. evil, evil. And that wasn't the case at all. And this was it was just a great flip from getting such high quality action to now just like high quality emotional scenes from these yokai. I didn't expect it whatsoever because their introduction to me implied that they were like a trio, like a team working together to um, steal these objects by him being present at Goki and Yusuke's fight and refusing to intervene, you know, definitely raised some questions. And then I guess his story. Phantom Troopus. Yeah. A little bit. They're watching. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But you know it it became clear why he didn't intervene when you get the details of his mom and how he was basically raised as a human that was interesting like he oh, freaking yeah. infiltrated a fetus like well my next question is going to be like who is the guy that caused karama to you know retreat 
because if if Karama is anything as strong as Goki, who I mean, you know, was obviously like a level one boss, maybe, but was still strong. You know, if he was capable of that. Who was the one that was beating that ass so hard that he had to retreat back into a fetus? Balls. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, we we do learn to <laughs> hear that the um the the mirror of darkness is the name of yes. the the artifact of darkness that he has essentially it just grants whatever wish you desire it reveals its power under a full moon so this is kind of the first piece of information we hear and korobara also is kind of like there he's here throughout this act like kind of in the bushes creeping we now know that he can see botan it's kind of like okay but his friends couldn't so does he now have this spiritual type of connection so obviously they're they're planning this bigger role for him a little bit here and then we do learn later on that the real catch of the mirror of darkness this is after Karama reveals the whole plan of I'm gonna you know use it to to save my mother because you know I now feel this level of like compassion for her that I wasn't expecting to and and he's as shocked as Yusuke is that these yokai can feel compassion like this and excuse me we learn that the mirror of darkness the real catch is that it is at the cost of the user's life. So that's obviously what kind of leads us into the final part of this act and that Yusuke being the good guy that he is doesn't want that to happen to Karama. And of course Kurobara has other plans <laughs> yeah. because his friend was really fucked up by the y- yokai in the first yeah. episode with the scars on his back and yeah I just love that Kurobara is actually you know getting a bigger role like we've just been talking about the fact that he can see Botan is definitely a huge hint at something that I foresee him maybe eventually being able to wield spirit energy yeah I call that shit I'm so proud of myself (laughs) he's a great (laughs) character man and I get the hatred um and it's just cool the the parallels between Kurama and Yusuke in the scene where he everyone sees Yusuke as a bad person but you know Keiko obviously views him as a good person. She makes these assumptions based on her own knowledge of someone, not what everyone else has to say. And it just gets completely implemented here in the situation. And Kurabara is immediately recognizes it by the end of it, you know, seeing that he's like, I'm sorry that I did this. And so that was just a great flip for Kurabara because at the beginning, I was a little bit worried. Koenma mentioned something, uh, this might not go as planned. And that's when we get the first shot of Kurobara sneaking in the background. So I've kind of thought he was going to fuck things up royally, but <laughs> he learned a lesson and we love the growth for our boy. I thought that conversation between Keiko and Yusuke was really enlightening. Mm-hmm. It was a, a moment of growth for Yusuke. Yeah. yeah, I even wrote like he's opening up, although it's like a bit cryptically, where he's like posing this what seems to be an innocuous mm-hmm. philosophical question to her, but it's actually what he's thinking about in the moment, but he's not asking her in that way type of deal. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I like, I just like her character. I like her answer. I feel like she plays really good off of him. I also like this, like it, it's more obvious of a gag when it's in like an anime or in like a manga, but like how he, this is the second time where he's been about to eat, but he can't eat. Yeah, type of thing, which I just thought was funny because it like feels almost serious here because he's like I'm hungry, but I feel like it would come across much more goofier in like a manga or an anime. So that honestly, it still made me laugh. The only other question I guess I have here is, I'm surprised Botan didn't react to Kurabara noticing her. I feel like it was kind of obvious that he makes eye contact with her 
and I feel like that would have been important for her to mention to Koenma, especially it's, since it seems like not everyone is capable of viewing, of being able to see her. So just, just surprised that there wasn't a reaction, I guess, from Botan, but maybe she didn't pick it up right away. He didn't get, he didn't say anything to her, so maybe she didn't realize. Yeah, I was kind of looking out for it, um, but he does like look at her explicitly. So I'm just, I, I'm just, maybe it was, yeah, it could have just been something yeah. small also, for her. Maybe is so used to like people looking through her. Yeah, it was probably yeah, exactly. That so. it's hard unless he's like actually like calling her out. Because you're right, I don't assumes no one else can see her. Yeah, because you're right. I don't think he like she does talk in front of him, but Karaba doesn't necessarily respond to whatever she's saying. It's yeah. Yeah, he only he's talks to just, Yusuke. Yeah, he's yelling at Yusuke. And then he brings okay. it up when she's gone, basically. Okay. Yeah. But the conclusion of this is gonna be that Yusuke classic MC action right here dives into the mirror of darkness behind Kurama offers up half of his own life uh, for the sacrifice for the wish to make Kurama's mother better. And yeah, I mean, it was just classic. I feel like we've seen main characters do this. I'm curious if you guys felt like, like if it does it feel unearned, was it too fast or you're just feeling like this feels like part for the cure. Like they've done enough to introduce the concept of like, this is just who Yusuke is. I feel the latter. That's good. They've done enough to, but I am I am surprised because I mean Dave's been ringing the death bells like since last episode, and I'm like, damn, like is this really going to end tragically for him? I mean, he's already halfway there. Yeah, yeah he you doesn't know, have a life right now. That's that's crazy, and um, it's very selfless for yeah. somebody he just met. Um. I think that it will end up paying off for him somehow. This guy's going to repay the return the favor in, in some capacity, or maybe Koenma has the ability to kind of, I don't know, it rever- reverse it. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I mean, he's a, like a all seeing person. So uh, entity, excuse me, not person. Yeah. I felt like this was true to use case character. I can see why maybe manga readers are like, Oh, this is, episode two and he's already laying his life on the line for a yokai like a little i as someone who's watching i mean he laid his life on the line for a child who even died who even the gods couldn't even see him saving so it doesn't surprise me i guess that he would also it's it was just like a really cool mc moment for me i just i i was never aware that he did this Uh, i don't know how accurate this is to the manga but the fact that he gave up half his life for a yokai who he deemed to be good was just insane i i think that was a true mc right there and it was definitely a very hype moment for me and i yusuke definitely shot up in in brownie points for me I agree. yeah it was funny we talked last episode about how that episode covered like maybe 20 chapters this episode was like two chapters okay that was my um that was my next comment. I was going to comment on like, I don't have an issue with him putting his life on the line that way because I'm used to manga and anime pacing. And if they're cramming however much into five episodes, like things need to go down. But that's actually very, um, that's something I didn't expect, Kyle, that it's only was two yeah. chapters. Well, it's, yeah, it's pretty much like uh, Goki gets his chapter, let's say it's chapter 21, and then Karama gets his chapter, which is 22. And then Hiei gets his chapter, which is 23. It's kind of how it works. So they they did kind of just push a lot of things into these two, or I'm sorry, those two chapters into this episode versus the first one was kind of a speed run through things. But this 100% happens in the in the manga. I feel like it would be quite the change 
to like have him lose half of his life. I can't imagine how pissed people would be if like that didn't happen <laughs> in this source material. That seems big, significant. Yeah. I mean, it it yeah, it saved big. Kurama. He was sure to die. They're both alive now. You know, how does that change things? Like, does that change yeah, the... Are you going to join the squad is what I'm thinking. Is maybe. Like I mean, does it change the dynamic of, like, the uh, the, the the laws of the objects? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was also thinking of the relationship of the demon world and human world. Like, maybe we can get peace, potentially. Who knows? But the last parallel there was was obviously the fact that Yusuke can immediately relate to Kurama's situation because he was able to actually view his own death and he knows the pain of a mother losing their child and he so that even more emphasizes just the the fact that they're so similar and it just that made me feel like it was totally fine that he was willing to put sacrifice himself to see another mother be able to you know keep their kid alive or like in good health you know still grow up with their kid a little bit more even if it is only yeah. half their life. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um a lot of reasons, a lot of dots that would kind of push the two of these two together. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So, moving into act 3, which is kind of the the Hie Tarukane mullet man act, let's say. So, the the first scenes we get here is essentially we're introduced to the concept of a tier of ice. We're not really supposed to know what that is at all at this point. We just see that Tarukane essentially traded the sinkhole to mullet man for this young (laughs) girl and she can produce tears of ice when she cries he's kind of forceful with his goons one of the goons is planning on getting her out and then we have he kind of slicing his forehead with the his artifact of darkness which is the dagger and then that just leads us into kind of um a chase scene and he kind of we see he's power a little bit we get we get more of of mullet man actually at the end here so i would just say kind of you know obviously oh wait the whole floor is open so first thing kurama is shown to be able uh to have the capacity of 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 having compassion right as a demon as a yokai i think that maybe this chick is a yokai and also i have another thing i have a question did he a grant himself the power of having the third eye by slicing his forehead or did he use the knife to open the eye i took it as he never had the eye and that whatever the knife's ability is yeah it because it was only a slice like i think it's just like a part of the knife's power you know like if he were to plunge himself with it i feel like that would obviously kill him stab him yeah whereas he only like nicked himself with it i just think he knows the full potential of excuse me the full potential of the dagger and just i guess a slice i took it as the slice in that moment opened that third eye yeah i think so too i think Uh, it granted him that power that ability that's what i took it as yeah i think that this wasn't something that i explicitly read is different but now that i'm thinking about it it did kind of imply that and that's not how it happens mm. in the source material but again this could just be a way to speed it up show it in a, in a more concise way so i i think that now that you guys are saying that it does seem like that's what they're trying to show well on the contrary he wears the bandana right and he showed it showed him taking it off which is why i even 
pose a question like, did he ha- did he already have the he eye? He knew the dagger was gonna do right. Like maybe he it. had the eye. the The thing covers it. the The bandana, and he needed that tool to like access it. I'm not sure it granted him whatever. I wonder if they'll dive into it. If not, it's not a really a big deal. But he had a tear of ice which i think is an important detail mm-hmm. so like did he have it from that chick yeah. or are they well, maybe, like they she has white hair he has white hair does he have white hair no, no he doesn't but it, there's streaks has, of like, white some in highlights it. yeah maybe they're yeah. related i don't know and maybe it's he's anti the eye yeah maybe he was trying to take out the eye yeah i oh true that's, that's also yeah. and that yeah, could just also... be the way that they were showing it i just feel like that's the other perspective that's potentially possible here that yeah. is true uh i kind of agree with alki on the girl potentially being a yokai but i also feel like she kind of looks like botan so i don't know if that's just you know presumptuous of me but i true i, I was thinking maybe she is also in a position where she works with like koenma um because she's like, like the she has, spirit yeah she has like the the colorful hair almost the colorful eyes has kind of reminded me of botan a little bit so i'm not sure if it's a sister or if it's just the same being as botan but it, i also could see it being a yokai um not too sure beyond that it and, could be a shinigami yeah um that's a good point i also thought at first that when he was saying like oh we produce a tear of ice that it was kind of like a rare phenomenon to happen that it doesn't like i guess I guess I'm thinking of it, this is a weird comparison as like an as a like a pearl with an oyster. Like sometimes you can have like shitty pearls in an oyster, and like some maybe she like cries just regular quote unquote pearls, but then every once in a while there's a tear of ice that that gets dropped. But I I think now that I'm like of course you know me I have the episode here, but I'm kind of like yeah. looking at it, and I guess it makes sense that it's more so like every time. But that's yeah, just how I took it the first time. It seems time. like he was like upset at the goons because they couldn't get her to cry. Like they gotcha. weren't willing to go mm-hmm. cross a line to make her cry. Yeah. That he just kind of crossed with the cigar. So, and yeah. there was one He's of not the happy goons. With the goons. One of the yeah. goons was willing to help as well. So simp. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> seemed like <laughs> it. He's got, a, he's got. A, he's got a little sister, which is. Yeah. I think that was funny to think about because he says, "I have a little sister about your age," and. I feel like they're implying there that she's way older than he thinks she is. Right. She's probably like a thousand. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure I thought the same exact thing. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was the whole thing of the tier of ice. Like he had one. I I just wonder if tier, if you have multiple tiers of ice, can you just, are they like having eyes everywhere? Kind of, you know, that's, and maybe the spirit energy is what unlocks being able to use it. I'm not 100% sure, but it was obvious that there was a connection between both of the tiers of ices that were produced or shown in this episode. Yeah, yeah. We're not exactly sure at this point what they can do. Or if it like, know. and he no. did specifically look at it with his third eye too. So I wonder if there's like another component that gets added into it because otherwise he would have just looked at it with his regular eyes. But yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, yeah. We're what we do know. I think also is that Mullet Man has a lot of them, or at the mm-hmm. very least, he's not worried about getting them. Mm-hmm. It seems like he obviously knew what was going on with the sinkhole. He's aware of of what he gave Tarakane. It seems like he, you know, is pretty much playing the game while also making the rules as well at the same time. So we'll, we'll get more of him. It's just, I think the last two things to talk about really are going to be one, just he gets a little bit of action. I thought it just looked really good. I think it oh, yeah. sometimes like super speed can look goofy. 
on things. I thought it still looked good. Cutting the car in half was was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the second one is going to be we get this an introduction to a new character characters. So yeah, that was a little freaky, a little intro yeah, we there. Have, we have Mullet Man has what seems to be you know, like a top bodyguard, a top assassin, something like that. But it's Togoro. So that was uh, a yeah. Yeah, again, we're getting the end of an episode introducing us to a character that uh, that we're hoping to see more of, obviously, in the next episode. His name's Togoro. Is that what you said? Togoro, yeah. The design is just so weird. It's it, it, like a little person on his shoulder. And the glasses, I mean, obviously look like Doflamingo's. Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> they just look so goofy. They just they were so small or something on his head. I yeah. couldn't really tell. But Is Togoro both of them? or like? They're, so the, technically, they're the, they're the Togoro brothers. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for sure. Yeah. So just another combatant enters the arena. Mm-hmm. And it's been obviously they've given us two at the very least fights over these two episodes. So it seems like we're just ready for another one in episode three, at least one more. So I suspect the mullet man may or may not have been the person that uh, caused such like distress to Karama or beat his ass so hard. <laughs> I don't know. If if we know that Kuwabara can seize spirits, I think it's easy to imply or infer that um, he's capable of manifesting spirit energy. With that being said, obviously, Mullet Man has a lot of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to assume he has abilities as well, or he can garner the abilities. Um yeah, he's he's mysterious. He's he's uh, seems like a pretty good antagonist. Yeah, yeah. They've this has been a good, I think, change that they've made because this is more like how TV works. How we have him as like this kind of force in the background that they're giving us glimpse of, but he's kind of not directly interacting with a lot of our main characters yet. Because in the in the manga, uh, like Togoro and like. The mullet man don't really become like bigger players until like we'll say chapter 45 to 50 ish while a lot of like the fights for the artifacts is like earlier like chapter 24 ish so they're just you know jumping this kind of creating this more coherent tv like narrative versus obviously when you're doing comics it's easy to just like run issue 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 right introduce new character introduce new character type of deal so this has been and like i said last episode I don't remember everything that happens, so I'm not going to nitpick, but I think this feels like it's a, it's a nice change for the TV arena. Um, What is Mullah Man's name? Sakyo? Sakyo, yeah. S-A-K-Y-O? Oh, because he calls him. The fat guy calls him Sakyo. And I was like, oh, that must be Mullet Man, and it was. I'm going to just keep calling him Mullet Man. I like Mullet Man. Okay, so... If that's going to be it, which it feels like it is, I think we've covered everything I wanted to say. It seems like you guys have have good speculation. We've we've given, I feel like, good kudos, well-deserved kudos as well. Another good episode. I, I was reluctant to call it a banger when I first watched it because I was like, I don't know, I really like the first episode, but I, this this is definitely really good. So I think we're, we're feeling pretty confident after two episodes. Really excited to get into the third episode, but you have to wait a little bit for that one. But while you wait for that one, Bingetown TV is covering other TV shows like we always do. We wrapped up filming, filming, recording <laughs> for Beacon 23. <laughs> well, I guess technically we're filming right now. Uh, uh, we wrapped up the recordings for Beacon 23 on Amazon Prime. Murder 
I'm sorry, murder at the end of the world. Mm -hmm. The finale yeah. is, I think, being recorded simultaneously to this episode. Yeah, right which now. I didn't realize. Yeah, we got the we got the notification. If I'm not mistaken, yes. And yeah, Percy Jackson should be either on the horizon or maybe the first episode has dropped by the time this is is finding its way into your ear holes. So just just to say that Binge TV, we stay booked, we stay busy. We are going to be here for every episode of I almost said Jujutsu Kaisen again, Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> but speaking of Jujutsu Kaisen, that season's wrapping up. We'll be covering that as well. So um, just. If you want to support us, the best way is just listening to us. It's liking videos that you're watching. It's subscribing on whatever you're listening on. And another thing I forgot to say the first episode is that if you found us on our separate Yu Yu Hakusho feed, just to say route you to the main Bingetown TV feed has every episode. So you can just find everything there. And if you want it more organized, BingetownTV.com has a nice little little panel, little page that has all of the shows that we've covered in, I believe, alphabetical order, which is super easy to sort through, although it is in the triple digits at this point. So you might take a little bit to sort through and see which ones you like. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thank you for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.